This is the Relatable Podcast with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to create happy and loving marriages without making over their husbands. If you are a wife looking to transform your marriage from the inside out, you've come to the right place. Get ready to hear relatable stories, practical advice, and empowering perspectives for how to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of Relating Well. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here, founder of Relatable. I'm so glad to be back with you today. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate so much your time and your attention and really hope that you have an opportunity to think deeply about the things that I share and actually apply them to your life. This podcast is not just something um, I created to just be consumed and ingested, but something that I really hope you digest, meaning that you think about it, you chew on it, you process it, you incorporate it into the fabric of your life and how you see yourself. Um, So today we are going to be talking about what I believe are some of the foundational ingredients to turning a marriage around. And I recognize that you know, when it comes to marriage, I like to think of it as a roller coaster many times. Um, You may be at a particular place right now that is different from maybe where you'll be a year from now. And so this particular episode is one of those that I hope you will sort of bookmark and save and just pull it out whenever you need it. Um, And so With that, recognizing that on any given day, you may feel a certain way about your marriage, you may feel a certain way about your husband, you may feel a certain way about the state of your existence and interactions with each other. And so for the purposes of our conversation today, it's really important that you sort of take a good assessment of where you are today and you know why did you push play on this particular episode uh, right now and so to do that I want to just take you through a quick exercise to help you identify you know where you are now and ultimately where you want to be so I want you to think about your marriage right now I want you to think about your husband. (laughs) That's the first place. And I want you to just think about how you feel about him. Like what are the thoughts you have about him? What is your mood and attitude towards him right now? When you think of him, when he walks in a room, when he calls you or when he talks to you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? How are you responding to him? And I sort of want you to just rate this on a scale of one to 10, right? Where one is you sort of feel and think about him in a very negative light right now. You're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're aggravated. Everything he does seem to, seems to annoy you. 
that would be sort of in the one category, very sort of unhappy, very uncomfortable in each other's presence. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of conflict. So that would be a one. And then a five, right? A five would be you're sort of in that middle zone where it's okay, right? It's okay. Um, But it's not the best, right? You're not particularly frustrated. You're not in active conflict. It's almost like it's cool, right? Like, it's just cool. It's nothing that's lighting your heart up. It's nothing that's giving you those butterflies in your stomach. But you're not annoyed with him all the time. You're not aggravated with him all the time. You have your bumps in the road. But for the most part, you're sort of just like cruising along. You're not putting much of an effort. He's not putting much of an effort. But nothing has sort of gone downhill. And then a 10, right? A 10 would just be like, oh my gosh, this guy is like the man of my dreams. We're able to communicate. He's showing me all the love and affection I want. We're in sync. We're working together as a team. I'm so happy to be around him. I can't stop thinking about him and wanting to be around him and talking with him. And, you know, we just laugh and we have so much fun together. He's my favorite person. He's my best friend. I can tell him anything. He's so supportive. He's so um, encouraging. He makes me feel beautiful. And we are just living our best life, (laughs) right? So I want you to just plot out where you are on a scale of 1 to 10, right? Maybe you're in the middle somewhere or maybe you're on the lower end of that scale. So just think about it for a moment. Think about where you are in your marriage right now. If I were to walk up to you on the street and say, hey, how's it going? Like, how is your marriage? How are you feeling? How are you guys doing? How are you interacting? What would you say? And now, right, now what I want you to do is I want you to project yourself into some other time. Now, that other time can either be a time in the past or an imagined time in the future. But that time is a 10, right? And if you were already a 10, that time is like a 20, if you can even imagine things being better than they are now. And I want you to think about what that's like. I want you to think about what being truly happy in your marriage would be like for you. I want you to imagine how you feel when you wake up in the morning. What are the first things you say to each other? when you see each other? How do you go about your morning preparing and getting yourself ready for your day? What's he saying to you? What are you saying to him? How is he interacting with you? How are you interacting with him? And then you part, you go your separate ways, you go to your uh, job, he goes to his. How are you guys connecting throughout the day? Does he send you a text message just letting you know he's thinking about you and hoping that you had a great commute, that your day is going well? 
what do you say to him? Do you send him like a little flirty, sexy text because you can't wait to get back home and be with him? And then I want you to think about your commute home. Do you call each other because you can't wait till you get home to talk about your day? Do you plan the logistics for the evening of what you're going to get for dinner? Maybe he offers to pick something up so you don't have to cook, right? And then when you get home, maybe you have children and you're both taking care of the children together. He's just anticipating your needs and there for you and relieving your stress and relieving the burdens and... You know, you get the, you guys have dinner together and there's great conversation and everyone is engaged. No one's on their phone. No one's distracted. You have his full attention. He has your full attention. You guys are enjoying your dinner. You're enjoying the kids. Then you get the kids off to bed and you sit on the couch and you snuggle and you just watch your favorite TV show and he sort of rubs your shoulders and you know what that means. And then you go to bed, right? You can fill in the gaps there for what might happen. And then you get to do it all over again, right? So I just painted a little bit of a picture of probably what <laughs> what my 10 would be like, but I really want you to think about it for yourself. And one of the reasons that's so important is because a lot of times when you're not at a 10, we spend unnecessary effort and energy focusing on what is going wrong and why we might be in the space of a one or two or three. We think about all the things that are not happening. We think about all the ways our husbands are disappointing us, the frustrations, the unmet expectations. And so it's important to get into this space of defining your 10. I'm going to use that language. And so when you get a moment, I want you to really jot that down, whether jot that down, whether it's the notes in your phone or you actually have a journal. Um, But I want you to define your 10. What would be a 10 for you in your marriage? And that is the image and the vision and the dream I want you to grab hold of. I want you to bury in your heart. I want you to take that to God in your prayers because that is going to be your GPS. That is going to be your guidepost for where we're going in this conversation and where you will go as you apply the things that I'm going to share to your life and to your marriage. And so how do you get there? How do you get to a 10 if that's not where you are right now? And the first ingredient that I want to share is the ingredient of time. And what happens when I speak to women and they are unhappy, and one of the first things I ask them is how long has it been this way? Right? Like, when did things take a turn? How long have you been in the state of not being satisfied and content in your marriage? And some of them tell me since the beginning. Since the beginning, there were things I noticed, things I ignored, or very soon after we got married, things just seemed to change. He just seemed to change. Or maybe it was. 
when you had children and the stress and the responsibility of a baby, you know, was just too much and he wasn't pulling his weight the way you wanted him to. Whatever the case, I want you to just think about how long you have been in this particular season in your marriage of being unhappy or frustrated or not at a 10. And then I want you to embrace, accept, acknowledge that it's going to take potentially, potentially, just as much time in terms of your energy, in terms of your um, consciousness, in terms of your intention to shift things to a complete 10. Now, that does not mean that if you have been married for 15 years and you feel like you've been in this place for 15 years, that it will take you 15 more years to turn things around. But I want you to almost imagine you have like a balance beam where you have that little, that weight, um, that weight where on one side is all of the baggage, all of the hurt feelings, all of the disappointments. You have 15 years of that or two years of that, or one year of that, whatever your number is, you have all of that weighing down the marriage right now. It's piled on. It's piled on from the conversations, from that one time he did that. And it's super, super heavy. And on the other side, you're trying to create a balance. You're trying to make positive deposits. You're trying to create wonderful experiences to get things at an even keel so that ultimately the good outweighs the bad. And that is a process that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of focus to be squarely set in your mind on creating good because what has probably happened is that you've been passively or actively creating bad and many people come to me as their coach they come to me as the professional to help them and they expect and want things to turn around immediately And that is because they are in such pain, they are in such unhappiness that they want it to be relieved as quickly as possible. And so whenever I work with clients, I always tell them that I work with people that are committed to a process. They are committed to a long-term process that will dismantle all of the stuff that has been building up. And depending on where you are, depending on what that looks like in your marriage, that could take a year. It could take longer. Um, It could take shorter, depending on how actively and intently you do the work. And so it's not an absolute value, but it's a relative um, account of how much you're putting into it to turn things around. 
And so it's going to take time. And so you have to approach this with patience. You have to approach this with a mentality of endurance and perseverance and persistence that the things going on are not going to reverse themselves overnight. You have to be patient with yourself as you make the changes that you need to make. You have to be patient with your husband as he um, makes the changes that he needs to make. You have to be patient with the circumstances of your life as they work themselves out, if you're struggling in your finances or if, you know, you're struggling in your careers and that's a source of tension, you have to be patient with it all and just accept the fact that it takes time. I want you to even be intentional about adding time to the mix of improving your marriage. Time. Time should be the first ingredient. You should love it. You should embrace it. You should seek it out that this is going to take time. So that's number one. The second ingredient um, is surrendering and you giving up the need to control. And so that means in many instances, first, that you are going to have to surrender in some ways to what is actually happening. A lot of the suffering and upset um, we experience is because we look at a situation that's in front of us and we want it to be different. We expect it to be different. And that resistance to what is, that resistance to the reality in front of us puts us in a place of frustration. And when we're in a place of frustration, we are not able to see solutions. We're not able to work with where we are in the space of what's in front of us to make that better. We have our eyes on something else. We're comparing ourselves to other people and other marriages instead of just looking at what we have to work with right now. And so surrendering will require that you just ease into and relax into what it is. It's accepting what is right now with the hope and expectation that it will get better, but you don't fight with reality. You don't fight in your mind with what it is by always telling yourself that it should be different. Surrendering will also mean that you give up the control of having things being orchestrated the way you want them to be orchestrated. So as you think about what it might take to get you to a 10, defining your 10, and you're like, well, it needs to unfold this way, right? Like my husband has to eventually stop working so much, or he needs to learn how to anticipate my needs, or he needs to understand my perspective more. And you have in your mind an image, a pathway, a direct way that that actually needs to happen. You have how you expect to get to that outcome, right? And surrendering means that you're open to it happening a thousand different ways, right? That maybe you have the way you want it to be done, but you're also completely open to God moving and shifting things to the way you want it to be. I remember even in my own marriage, there was a time where my prayer had been, you know, Lord, teach my husband how to love me. Teach him how to speak to me. 
And I, <laughs> in my need to control back in the day, um, I sort of wanted that process to unfold by our conversations. I wanted to sort of be able to share with my husband, these are my needs and this is what hurts me when you say it this way and this is what I need you to do. And I wanted to sort of be the influence to ultimately help him speak to me and love me the way that I desired. And I appreciated surrendering, right? I, as I would pray with God, I would tell him my desires and I would you know, express what I needed and wanted, but then I would just leave it in his hands. And the way that some of that came about actually was so unexpected that, you know, one day a friend of him, this guy who was um, in our wedding, gave him a call. They hadn't spoken in several, several months. And he just called him out of the blue and they had a conversation. And in that conversation, a seed was planted that helped him see things a little bit differently. Another time he went away on a business trip and it was a training, it was a leadership training and, you know, nothing about marriage at all. But he came back with insight into our marriage and our communication and how he had been showing up. And so I want you in this process of surrendering to surrender the way you think it needs to happen and just allow it to happen in God's perfect timing, right? He is, you know, organizing and orchestrating things so that the shift takes place. But that requires that you stop trying to hold on to it, that you stop trying to, you know, pull the strings this way and pull the strings that way and that you just allow it to happen in the right time and in the right way. Surrender will also mean that you give up this image that you have of how your husband needs to be in order for you to be happy. Your happiness really is not dependent on him and what he's doing and what he's saying. Your happiness is an inside job, I like to say, and we're definitely going to be talking about that more and how to generate it and create it for yourself. But for now, you have to suspend this checklist of things you have for how your husband needs to be in order for you to be happy. Because your um, fulfillment, your contentment in your marriage can be brought about in a number of different ways. And he may not need to change at all because the truth of the matter is the man that you see before you right now has always been that man. Maybe you were clouded by your thinking before. Maybe he presented just one angle of himself when you first got married or when you first started dating and now you're seeing the whole picture. But the foundation of who he was was always there. Maybe certain things have happened in your marriage that have triggered a shift in him, um, that have triggered a shift in you. But he does not need to meet all of the check marks that you have in order for you to be happy. And I want you to surrender and suspend your judgment about how he needs to change and what he needs to do in order for you to be happy. And so surrendering is just coming from this place of it doesn't have to be 
my way. Maybe there's a better way that I'm not even aware of. Maybe there's another way that this can all work itself out and that the happiness and this tend that I've defined can still be mine, but it may not look exactly the way that I have pictured it, okay? That's number two. The third ingredient for turning your marriage around and getting to your 10 is having the right influence. And so the fact that you are even listening to this podcast is a great signal that you want to positively think about things. You want to be influenced by an objective, rational, informed person that will help you move along in the direction that you want to go. And what happens so often is that when we are unhappy or discontent in our marriage, we become our own worst influence. We have so many negative thoughts. We see things in the worst possible light. We complain, we criticize, we judge. And so we are sitting in ourselves as the worst influence in this season in our marriage. And so the way you break out of that is by surrounding yourself with content, with information, with resources, with people that are the right influence. I know that whenever, you know, we hit a bump in the road, the first thing I do is I go to prayer, of course. Um, I start journaling the things that I want to believe, the things that I know I need to stop thinking about, the things that I know I need to let go of. I go to books. I am such a huge fan of Audible. I go to books that I have in my library that I know will just feed me the right information. And what I love about Audible and listening to audio or videos is that it's really like you're having a conversation right? And so you need to change the conversation in your head. You need to change the voices that are going on in your head. And the voice, the predominant voice in your head is your own, is your own negative self-talk, is your own negative thinking, is your own, you know, uh, telling yourself that he's disappointing you, he's a failure, he's making so mistakes, this marriage is so unhappy. Those are the thoughts that are running through your mind. And so you have to begin to direct your thinking with the right influence, with the right um, audios, with the right podcasts, with the right messages that can override the noise that's already going on in your head. I from the time I wake up some days, from the time I go to bed, I always have something on giving me the right perspective. Even if on the inside, I am experiencing so much resistance to what they're saying. I remember reading um, a book by, um, by Gary Thomas. It is called um, Loving Him Well. And it's all about the things that we can do as wives to love our husbands well and to sort of inspire a change in him. And it was this book that 
you know, just had such a positive perspective on everything. It certainly acknowledged the challenges, but it required that you sort of just override the challenges. And I remember listening to one chapter in particular where it talked about, you know, just extending grace and compassion and serving your husband with gladness and joy in your heart. And I remember just turning my nose up at it and just being so frustrated with with Gary Thomas for even suggesting some of those things. It's sort of like, I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but I am not for that right now. Like later for all of that, because I am in my feelings, I am hurt, I'm feeling some type of way, and I don't want to do that. Thank you very much, Gary Thomas. Uh, close out this chapter right and so we have to get honest about our emotions but the bible tells us that we should not trust our emotions we should not trust our heart so in those instances where i'm feeling that way where you're feeling that way you have to just pour in the right stuff And what happened for me was in that moment, I was resistant to it. In that moment, I was not receptive to it. But the seed had been planted already. It had entered my ears and it entered the gates of my mind. And there it was. And at the right moment, at the right time, I was able to call that piece of information to my consciousness and take action on it. And so the same with you and the same for you, just saturate yourself with the right thinking, even if you're not buying it, even if you don't like it, even if it goes counter to how you're feeling in a moment. That is a seed that is being planted that is not going to um, disintegrate. And at the right time, that right piece of information, that right way of seeing the situation, that right piece of encouragement will do its work in you and will make you feel better, will help you to take inspired and loving action towards your husband, which is ultimately going to get you closer to your 10. And so you have to have discernment. You have to guard yourself and make sure that you are listening to the right things, that you are consuming the right information that is going to edify and that is going to improve your marriage, right? And sometimes that means that you just don't talk to certain people about what's happening. One of the first, when I first started my business, I think one of the first um either blog posts or videos I did was around stop talking to everybody about your marriage. That is like rule number one. You cannot share this sacred um, treasure with everyone. That people who mean you well, people who love you, people who want the best for you are misguided by their own experiences, by their own stories, by their own thoughts and beliefs about things. And so when you give this precious, fragile thing to someone else that has slippery hands, they can crush it. They can shatter it. And you want to be very, very careful about who you speak to. Because someone can just say something, right? Um, Someone could just suggest something out of love 
that could ultimately destroy your marriage. And so whenever I'm working with clients, you know, sometimes people are at a crossroads in their marriage and they really want to know, like, should I stay or should I leave? And I never give them that advice. I help them come to their own understanding and their own conclusions. And more importantly, I help them understand how to take that decision to God. Because my job is not to tell you what to do, right? I can't shoulder that responsibility. I can't. Um, But you can, and you can with God, and you can with the right influence. And it's so important that you just guard your marriage like the most precious, um, you know, thing that you have and that you surround yourself with the right thinking that help you take care of that marriage, not destroy that marriage. So fill your mind, fill your thinking with right thinking and the right influence. That is number three. The fourth ingredient, um, which is sort of intertwined into all of this, is prayer. And the way that I approach praying for your marriage is really um, a number of different ways. I like to start with just having an honest conversation with God about where you are and what's happening and what's upsetting you. And so that is super important that you just start from a place of where you are now and then move to a space of sharing with God what you want. That's sort of how we started this podcast conversation. What is it that you desire? What is it that you are seeking God's help in? How do you want to feel? How do you want your marriage to be? How do you want to be with your husband? And then the first part of the actual prayer and and asking God to shift things is that you pray for yourself. You pray that God would show you what you need to see. You pray that God would grow you in the way that you need to grow. You pray that God would reveal to you your mistakes and your um, errors and how you need to change in this situation. You pray that God would soften your heart, that he would give you the words to speak as you communicate with your husband, right? And this is so important that I actually created a five-day prayer challenge that I'll link to in the show notes that you can access. And every day over the course of five days, you can have strategic prayers for your marriage that really get you in that space of changing yourself, of taking your desires to God uh, and leaving them there. And then the next phase of your prayer should be what it is you actually want to see in your husband. But again, from a place of surrender of God, like this is what I need from my husband right now. But I trust you to provide that shift. I trust you to provide that change in your timing and in your way. That however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it is the right time and the right way. And I trust you. And then you want to end your prayer with gratitude, with a confidence and a certainty that it is already done, that your victory in your marriage, that the success of your marriage is already guaranteed, and that all you need to do is to be patient and to endure and to keep your mind right and to keep your actions loving, right? To forgive and to just move forward with the confident expectation that what you have requested is going to happen. 
And so prayer is so important because again, we try to control things and make things happen in our own strength. And sometimes you just need to lean in and rely on God to make it happen in his own way. And so taking your marriage to God in prayer is so, so important. It is, you know, really just like the essence of everything of how it's going to work itself out and how you will ultimately get to your 10. And then the last ingredient that I will share today is quiet. Entering into a space of quiet and There's two lenses I want you to view that from. One, in a space of just being quiet and watching, being quiet and waiting, being quiet and receiving, and just allowing God the space and time to move, right? That means like some conversations you just don't need to have right now. Just be quiet. Just process it on your own. Just process it with a trusted um, guide, a counselor, a therapist, a coach. But don't say anything to your husband. Just be quiet and watch God move. Watch God work on your behalf. The other element of being quiet is just to stop complaining, to stop criticizing, to stop telling your husband what he should be doing. I can so vividly remember that the action I first committed to when I was in a a rough season in my own marriage was to just stop complaining. That was the first rule I gave myself. Just stop complaining. Just be quiet. When it's not what you want it to be, when he's not saying what you want him to say, just be quiet. Shut up, Siobhan. That's what I would tell myself sometimes. Just shut up, Siobhan. And then the other piece is just quieting the voices in your head. Shh. Just shh. And sometimes that is a strategy you can use when you feel your mind just going crazy with negative thoughts of, This is never going to work out. I should just leave him. He is the worst. He sucks as a husband. He makes me so unhappy. He is such a disappointment. He is ruining my life. to get to a place of just doing that to yourself and for yourself sometimes because the thoughts will be endless the noise will be endless the temptation to just throw in the towel and give up will be endless but you have to be relentless and quieting your mind. You have to be relentless in taking this to God in prayer. You have to be relentless in surrounding yourself with the right influence. You have to be relentless in surrendering this situation. You have to be relentless in giving yourself, your husband, and your marriage all the time that it 
needs. These are the ingredients to turning your marriage around. These are the ingredients to get you to a 10. Pursue them, soak in them, believe in them. And you will have that vision, that dream, that desire that you created at the beginning of this conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this has been powerful. I hope that this has been insightful to you, that it has given you fresh eyes, a new perspective, and that you will go to work to create and cultivate these ingredients in your situation, no matter where you are right now. I can't wait to be back with you for another episode. But until then, please apply these principles. Time, surrender, right influence, prayer, and quiet. Bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Now I'd love to connect with you more. Join me in my private group on Facebook, The Empowered Wives Society, or sign up for my weekly newsletter at berelatable.com. There you'll find additional resources to help you create the happy and loving marriage you desire. And of course, I can't wait to meet you right back here for the next episode. Until then, make your marriage amazing.